Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you for the next couple of hours. Glad you're with us here today as we talk the world of sports with you. Localize it as best as we can, although it's getting more difficult as we move into April, May, June, and July. But Wade Looking Bill's going to be here. He's going to take a put a... Uh, a capper on the uh, Hawkeyes and the Cyclones as well uh, season and take a quick look ahead uh, with that. That'll be the local portion of the show today. Well, Andrew Logue is going to join us. Yes. We'll talk local baseball with him. He's a baseball guy. Also, uh, regional of, baseball. Regional baseball, absolutely. Uh, one of his last, uh, I guess, duties at the register was the media columnist, mm-hmm. yep. sports media. So we're going to get in more to the um, the, the announcement that was made yesterday uh, regarding ESPN Plus with uh, with Iowa State and the rest of the Big 12 schools, for the most part. Texas and Oklahoma play by their own rules, and that's okay. Because they kept the conference around. Indeed they did. There's no Pac-16. No, no. With Texas and Oklahoma and, and that's, whatever yeah, other schools right, they brought with them. Right. Now, it remains to be seen what's going to happen, but that's uh, far off in the future. Well, five years in the future or thereabouts. Uh, Andrew Logue will uh, join us at 1025. We're going to talk some NFL draft. Tell me about our guest at, uh, at 1045 and um, his NFL draft connection. Yeah, Matt Manisaroen is uh, going to be joining us with Sports Info Solutions. And if you listen to Ken and I, Throughout the years, you've heard Mark Simon, who was formerly at ESPN Stats and Info for a long time. I mean, he was on mm-hmm. Baseball Tonight and going back to the mid-90s. He was a part of that. He was one of the research guys and then wrote on .com for ESPN. He went off in this new company that started up about two years ago. And, uh, of course, as always, Mark Simon does a great job on the baseball side. This is their NFL draft guru. You got the guy that they sent us. I do. Us. It's, I mean, just hang on a second. The thing is incredibly thick. It is put together well. Everybody that you can imagine, not just Noah Fant and TJ Hawkins. No, everybody. I was trying to get the exact number of pages in here. It is a monster. It's 500 and 600 pages. So are you are you going to take that home with you uh, draft week? You know what I'm going to take? I'm going to read it on the airplane next week. Oh. Well, not the whole thing, but I'm going <laughs> to glance through it on the airplane. Yes. If it doesn't hurt my shoulder putting it in my travel bag. Yeah. This is heavy, Trent. But uh, Former NFL scout. He was a scout with both the Saints and the Browns and then got into the media side of things. So real excited to have him on, talk a little bit about the draft. We'll get into the local prospects. We'll get into the regional teams here surrounding us and a lot of different areas to go with the NFL draft. What are your favorite times? I love it, Trent. I do. This uh, It's the midway point of the offseason. To me, it's the unofficial midway. Everything down is downhill after this. Now it doesn't. I mean, it's going to speed things up. Not at all. least we're on the downside of the off season. That's how I look at it. That's the midway checkpoint. Uh, Masters weekend. We'll do that at eleven forty. We got a guy coming on. We'll do some Masters uh, talk uh, at the golf space. Is is uh, his Twitter handle? We'll so we'll you know get an update. The Masters is underway. You know, one of the best traditional openings in in all of sports, right, is the ceremonial tee shot. Sadly, um, you know, the group in the last couple of years not what it once was with the passing of Arnold Palmer, and soon we'll be at that point again where you know Gary Palmer or Jack Nicholas will leave the earth uh, that's uh, after all um you know the cycle of life yes. um we're down to two guys now but what a great way to open a tournament masters winners special way to you know to cut the ribbon yeah and it's something that every year i enjoy 
I just something about that Gary player every year. Mm-hmm. Now, if you I, were at the Masters, yes. If you if you had a a, um, a badge, a badge, right? Yes. Not a ticket. It's a no, badge. I'm not a fan. I'm a patron. Right. <laughs> That's true. And you somewhere your your cell phone has been locked up. Yes. If I had the opportunity to go, and I don't want to go, but if I did. I would get up early on Thursday morning. I would make sure that I saw the ceremonial tee shot. Wouldn't you? I uh, Yes, yeah. If you got a Thursday badge, yeah. it's got to be a part of it. Absolutely. It's got to be part of the ritual. Get there early enough to see the guys that, you know, some of the history of the sport. And Tom Watson will be the one that takes over yeah. that other spot. Yeah. He played in the par three yesterday. Did he? With right. those two guys. Uh, saw a little and bit of that. And then who? Fred Couples? Could be a good one. You know what? I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. That's that's gloom and doomy. Tiger, no, it's, it's a ways away. Yeah, he's got a long, yeah, he's hopefully got a, a long, long ways. And he is teeing off right now. Is he really? So he's on the course. I haven't seen the tee times. I know the coverage doesn't start until two o'clock. Oh, this it's afternoon. it's on. Yeah, but where? Masters.com. Masters.com. You can watch the tournament. Masters.com. Masters.com. Then you can you... watch featured groups going on right now. Mm-hmm. Flipped it on. It doesn't buffer anything like that as more people log on to watch no, it? No, they, they've had that figured out for years. Have they? Yeah, it's buffering <laughs> thing. That's a thing of the past for the most part. Well, I lost the internet at the house this morning. Ooh, I, oh. I was at I mean, what do you do? What do you talk, do when the internet goes out? That's what she said to me. Exactly. Those are the exact <laughs> words she said. Huh, you'll be forced to talk to me. <laughs> Over a cup of coffee? <laughs> no, i got to go to the office, honey. I'm oh. a little early. So you were um, here early today, huh? I was here a little bit early for that particular... Not because I didn't want to talk to my wife, because I wanted internet in order to you prepare for this next two hours. You could have had your yogurt at the table. Yeah, I could have. Cup of I'm coffee? Yeah. Had the funny. newspaper? Creature of habit. Nice, I did bring the paper in. Nice conversation? Nope. No. Swing and a miss. <laughs> Swing and a miss on that one. I want to talk some hockey today, not what you think. Um, well, maybe you wouldn't. You would think that I don't want to talk NHL after that last night. Um, is the NHL, the road teams in the NHL, with yes. the exception of one, all got off to great starts. You know, if you're a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, you're the one seed, the best team in the, in the league. You're up three zip and you lose four three. There was, Oof. I mean, a lot of conversation and, and hockey, at least to me, it's a different kind of sport. It's more wide open, certainly, than the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. Where it feels... Which are set now, by the way, and we probably should do a few minutes on that at some yep. point. Uh, but that that hockey seems so much more wide open to me. Where As far hockey, as anybody can win, is that what you mean? A goaltender, yeah. somebody seemingly out of yeah. nowhere that, that makes it to the cup. Los Angeles Kings, won his, uh, last time they won the cup, they began as an eight seed. There you go. Uh, perfect example yeah. of that. I don't think we're going to see the Detroit Pistons... Cut down the nets for the NBA Or title. the Clippers. No, don't think so. No, I don't think watch that's going to happen. Watched the little Clippers happen. last night. Did I you really? Yeah, I watched, in fact, Nashville-Dallas. Did you? That was entertaining. Was it a good game? Yeah, it was a good game. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, as we talk about with True TV during NCAA tournament time, uh, for the about only time of the year, I found USA Network yeah. again. <laughs> that's where I was early. To, that's where I started my night as well. Because uh, the Cubs were blacked out, and... Um, I mean, look at it's. It, we could do the topic all the time. I'm sure it'll be hit on repeatedly throughout the summer months. Not necessarily, if not in this time slot, one of the other three, because it's um, it's just something, Trent, that death taxes and blackouts in MLB in Des Moines. So, but no Cubs last night on TV. Nowhere. No the, con- the concern, and I feel like I'm maybe alone on this island, but I have big concerns about next year here in Des Moines in our market for Cubs baseball. Hmm. With the new marquee, as they're naming the network. Okay. When that comes to fruition, Mm -hmm. what kind of carriage is is it going to get? Right now, if you are a DirecTV subscriber like both of us are, what, five, six times a year we're not able to watch the Cubs? 
Uh, maybe I think seven, a little eight. bit more than yeah. that. It seems like it's it's a Tuesday night. Seems to be the the one night for whatever reason that let's say at most it's a dozen. Okay, you yeah, get 150 of the 162. Yep. yep. Well, next year, and we continue to see this with the Dodgers mm-hmm. when they form their own mm-hmm. network. That's true. Carriage nearly impossible. Direct yep. TV still has not picked it up. No, you, much like the Pac-12 network. You're right, Trent. I was in LA last fall. Uh, last August, and tried to watch, um, maybe it was Angels-Dodgers. I don't know. Whatever it was, couldn't get the game. Subscribers to Mediacom. Now, Mediacom subscribers here in Des Moines are Fox Sports Midwest affiliates. Are so they? Okay. You do not get the NBC You get the Sports Cardinals, Chicago. so you don't you get, get the, the Twins. You do not get the Twins. You can get a sports pack. I don't know what that entails. I haven't uh-huh. been a, a cable subscriber of Mediacom. Right. I've been a direct TV guy my whole life, but... And the reason for that for me personally. Not that we're killing Mediacom. We no. both enjoyed our time across yes, the Yes, absolutely. But that's the reality of the sports mm-hmm. situation and how it's set up. I, the reason from the get-go I wanted Fox Sports North. So oh, you're twins. TV. You yeah. Sports pack that goes along with it for 12 bucks a month. And so what? Fox Sports Midwest is Cardinals and the Blues. Yes. Uh, North is the Twins, the Wild, and the T-Wolves. Yes. Wisconsin Brewers and Bucks. Brewers and Bucks, yep. And they also have some wild games on there too. Do they? Yeah, which always mm-hmm. cracks me up a little mm-hmm. bit. Eh. I always wonder why Wisconsin doesn't have an NHL team. But that aside, um, yeah, that's true. I guess. Kansas City has the Royals, uh huh, and that's six seventy one point five. I think that's it. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure that's it. Maybe a soccer team, something like yeah, that. Yeah, perhaps. But what I'm getting to here is, is where is the Cubs? What do they call it? The Marquee Network. Marquee Network. Who's going to pick it up? Because the White Sox, the Bulls. Are together and, and they're, they're going to see staying. on and they're yes. on NBC Sports Chicago mm-hmm. and the Blackhawks are too. The Blackhawks, so those three are staying there. Yeah, Cubs so are on their own. Is Directv going to say Oof. we're going to put that on there? Well, they did. They, they turned down the Pac-12 network. Dodgers? No, they've turned down the Dodgers. Great question, Trent. That's a good one for Cappy. Although he probably won't opine because he's not officially look. It's 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 the worst kept secret in Chicago. David Kaplan is going to be the face. Well, the Cubs are the face of that marquee yeah. sports network. But Cappy's going to be the human face of it. I mean, who else? He's the one. He's the one. He's the pre-post Chicago Cubs. Um, he's, He'll he's, be the same. Yeah, he's he's to Chicago. Is it safe to say, fair to say this? He is to Chicago what Keith Murphy is to Des Moines? Mm. I mean, he doesn't have a sports cast, a nightly sports cast, but he's as popular as... You find somebody. Find somebody who doesn't like Keith Murphy. Find somebody who doesn't like David Kaplan. Oh, I know a few people in Chicago that don't. Don't really but, White Sox fans. Okay, but, that's yeah, yeah, true. Okay, because Cappy does lean Cubs. That's yes. yeah. Okay, okay. Maybe it's unfair to to equate those two then. But uh, no, it's that key continues to linger, and it hasn't been a conversation uh-huh. here. It's not something where, but it's coming, Trent. KCWI can pick up the feed. No, they get their they get their share of games, but, but that's not going to be the case yeah. next year. It is going to be basically in its entirety. One hundred and forty five, hundred and fifty games are going to be on the market. So Network. that's a blow to those people over oh, yeah. there because oh, look time. at the local ad, the, the yes. local television ad revenues in Des Moines. And I've talked to uh, some of their clients. And Good for you. They, that's a pretty price that they pay to be on those, as it should be, because it is yeah. something that rates well. Mm-hmm. The people watch here in this market. 
Cubs fans, I would be nervous. Interesting point, Trent. I would You're be ahead of the curve on this. Nervous one. about this. Well, let's bring it up with Cappy when we talk to him next yeah. week. Although I don't know how much you'll be able to add to it. I mean, hey, I'm not sure that he'll. Maybe, uh, maybe John, he will. And a John Oran question. That's too. a good one too. I'll, That's a good I'll one prep too. him as we're uh, working to get him in here in the next week or two. Sports Business Daily. Of course, he was the one that broke the uh, story yesterday. Beat I, the press release. He I did beat the that. press release. Yeah, he did beat the press release. Th- those just reporters in general. It's a a job that I have never had. In sports media, I don't think I would want personally. I I don't yeah. I don't know if I would be good at that. Now it's easier to opine, right? Yeah, it's easy to you know once once the story breaks, instead of trying to be the breaker, you know, wait for it and then have an opinion on it. Hopefully, right. Either way, whether it's good or whether you're right or whether it's wrong, at least have an opinion because if you don't, it's going to be awful boring. Right, right. <laughs> Especially what we, what uh, what we do. Well, the Iowa Wild, not boring. Trent, as no. we segue, I want to spend a few minutes on this uh, on one of our local teams. The um, the Wolves didn't make the playoffs, right? Are not going to? No, uh, no, that's what I didn't. thought. Uh, I was going so so their season is over. Yeah, yep. Um, so we don't have all four of our locals going at one time yet. Very rarely on the calendar right. that, uh, that this happens. But uh, look, the Iowa Wild have two home games tonight. They had a big win yesterday. What they did, I thought it was a brilliant move. Now, I, I did read Michael Russo from The Athletic, who covers the Minnesota Wild, the three kids who were eligible to be sent down to the Iowa Wild for this playoff push. Ryan Donato, who we had Joe O'Donnell, remember the day of the trade with the Bruins? And uh, I knew uh, about Donato because I'd watched him play a couple of times. I remember saying, this kid's a really good player. You won this trade. You you don't know this yet, but you won this trade. He was terrific yesterday. He scored. He had a bunch of assists. Coonan, who came down with him, they played them all together. Greenway, Coonan, and Donato. These are three impact players, all be young, with the Minnesota Wild, who came down here at least for the remainder of the regular season, they made a huge difference last night because that was a must-win game. And all of a sudden, the Iowa Wild, who are trying to end this uh, long playoff drought, mm-hmm. uh, seemingly they took a big step forward last night. They got two games left, Chicago tomorrow. And who? Uh, Rockford? Yes, Rockford on Saturday. on Saturday. Yep. Now, Rockford's not very good, but Chicago's the best team in the division. So, two big, big games. If you're not doing anything this, uh, this weekend, if you want to get out, um, if you've, you know, you spent some time, you've been to a wild game this year, really important. The, uh, the local team could use your support this weekend as they try to find their way into the playoffs. As they wake up this morning, they are in. That's they a good in. thing. It is and- a good thing. Something that hasn't happened in the Iowa Wild era, right? They, they've uh, this is with their win last night. They set a franchise record for total points, Trent. Uh, they they now sit at eighty three, so that's a franchise record for them. The chops make it. You know, I don't know. Stars, the stars did. They did. Okay. They did. Yeah, they did. Because um, I remember being down there. Uh, with this, with KXNO at one point for the, oh, I think it was the start. Boy, the chops. What, <laughs> what a name. What a name. I still loved it. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I mean, yes. you want to separate yourself, right? You want yes. people to be talking about you. It was just, really? And then, yeah, okay. I like outside the box thinking, and that certainly was all of that and more, right? Right. So, uh. Um, the stars are just. You're the Stars affiliate. The yeah, Wild are just the, the Wild, wild affiliate. affiliate. Now, if the Wild are going to get in, they're going to do so at the expense of the um, AHL team, Winnipeg's AHL team. Oh, really? It's between, I think it's between Manitoba and Iowa. Um, I, I, you never hear this very often. A, a team playing back-to-back-to-back nights. Oh, really? Three games in a row for the Manitoba. That's why I think the Wild are in. And the I moose? really don't care. The Moose. Yeah, I don't care if they get the in. The Moose? The Moose. The Moose. Manitoba Moose. Yeah. I don't like that either. They should be... 
Winnipeg. Oh. That's where they're from. That's where the team play. So eh, they play good. in Winnipeg? Yeah, same building. So they share, the, same share the same building. So how many Jets. people show up packed house for a Jets game? Well, there's, it's, the, it's the lowest capacity in the NHL. It's like 15,200, and it's sold out every night. For Winnipeg, for the Jets, for the AHL. For the Meese. They probably average, I would say, eight. Really? I would say so. Wow. Yeah, pretty well. I mean, it's, it is it's, hockey in Canada. It's right? hockey in Canada, and it's more affordable, clearly, right. uh, than the. That's uh, the family one. That's, absolutely. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. So your twins last night. I watched oh, a little oh, bit. I got but, one more hockey thing. Oh, for you me. do? Well, yeah. have at it. Yes, Mr. Far be it for me to, to to change the topic. Mr. April over here, as it pertains to hockey. The Islanders. I yes. flipped that on for a bit last They're night. They're good. That was a great environment. So they're playing at the old Nassau Coliseum. Uh, were they last night? Okay. That's where they're playing the whole first round. Awesome. Then, if they advance and they go out, back to the, they uh, go the to Barclays. The Barclays. Yeah. yeah. What? I know. Help me out here. I don't. I can't. Um, I don't know why they left the Coliseum in the first place. Well, it was a dump. Well, it is a dump, they, but it is a dump. It. Yeah. But it's their dump, and there's some history in that dump. Um the Stanley Cup run that they went on in the seventies or from didn't they win four in a row or yes. three? Four yep. in a row. Yes. Just remarked with Trache and Bossy and Nystrom and Billy Smith and Kelly Rudy and uh Ken Moore from the US Olympics. How about that? How about his year? Uh do you believe in miracles, member? And then uh, goes to the Islanders and wins a cup the same year. Not bad. Um but yeah, I'm I'm glad they're playing back in Nassau yeah. County Coliseum. I think they played I read an article about it last night. They played twenty one games, I think it uh-huh. was. They played a bunch there this in year. In Nassau and then the the rest of them were in Brooklyn. So just weird though that you right. your home playoff series here and then if you advance you go to the and next play round, yeah. To Brooklyn and I'm yeah. sure the amenities are much nicer. Oh there. well it's brand new, right? But, the fans, but it's not a hockey building. They yeah. say the environment's just not the same. I heard you know, it, the article said the ice is bad too. Is that right? Place. I wouldn't be surprised. Which um, that was way that went way over my head. Yeah, just slow but, and it, it's Mr. April choppy. I didn't understand that one. Choppy. Um and they're building a brand new arena at, at Belmont Park. They're oh, the racetrack. Well they they haven't put a shovel in the ground yet? No, nope, they I that is they did. I think it's still they're working towards that goal. Is at least the article I read last night, kind of mm-hmm. what they had said about that. But Governor Cuomo had uh, kind of helped facilitate getting them back to Nassau, and but the NHL, I think more than anything, if they do advance in Stanley Cup Finals, they don't want it mm-hmm. in that old antiquated building. They'd like it with the amenities that you'd kind of hope for for a Stanley. No, Cup you final. you got you have to have that. Uh, do you know what um, ballpark is closing this year in MLB? Texas. It, yeah, but why the right? ballpark? The ballpark in Arlington. It's relatively it's 20 new. years old. I, mean, I know talk- Atlanta did the same thing. Yes. They did the same thing, I guess. I the mean, Metrodome, you got 30 years out of it. You did, but it just seemed... Look, I've been at the uh, the ballpark in Arlington a couple of times, and what's wrong with it? It's, yeah. It's just kind of... It's it, fine. Yeah. It's not as nice. It probably... I would guess the answer is luxury suites, suites in general. Maybe. And that's the going way of sports anymore, mm-hmm. and with the way that it's constructed... Maybe it's just not financially. They feel it's more feasible to go that route. That's isn't that what sports is turning into though? Smaller capacity, uh-huh. more luxury boxes, uh-huh. more suites. You had that avenue. Do you know who one seats. of the first ones to do that was? Um, no, Coors Field. Oh, really? So when when the Rockies were born in ninety, was it ninety three or ninety four? Yep, <laughs> you're right. Just one of those two, two years. And they were putting, I think they probably averaged in their first year 60,000 yeah. at mile high. I, yes. It was crazy. Those the stands of in left field that yes. went up and up. The and left up field and up. bleachers. Yeah. yeah, you're 100% right. 
Um, and boy, I, I opened the, the first year. That was my last year in Denver, I think. And I probably saw twenty games. Mm-hmm. Twenty. It was it was just spectacular uh, to live in a in a, in a city that had uh, Major League Baseball well, had everything, with the exception of NHL at the time. But uh, but then they moved to Coors Field, and they went from you know I think the capacity at Mile High was eighty say 81 mm-hmm. down to 44,000 or 42,000 people like beside them so what are you doing you know we we're, there's 60,000 in the that's 20,000 people a night they're going to be without tickets what was the right move it was because the the novelty wears off right mm-hmm. novelty wears off we'll take a quick time out we'll get Andrew Logan here what's going on at the masters have you seen anything early uh i, I saw one of the old fellows maybe Larry Mize was off to a good start but that was when i looked at like 8 o'clock uh let me get the very latest trent one of our Claxons giveaway, one of our Claxons questions tomorrow, will an American put on the green jacket? Ooh. Will the winner that in there, Yes. Huh? Will the, will the uh, Masters winner have that American flag beside his name when you check out the leaderboard? Well, right now, a couple of South Africans at the top of the leaderboard. Harding, who I don't know his first name. Justin. Justin Harding. Yeah. All right. And Brandon Grace, I do know his name. He's mm-hmm. part of... The fantasy team for Team Oh, Kanye. is he? Yes, uh, off to a two-under start. I think he bogeyed the first hole of the day, so he's bounced back in a nice fashion. Uh, who else we got up here on the leaderboard, though? Uh, back uh, shot under Henrik Stenson, Oosthuizen. Your boy, Shoffley. Look your out. Guy. Now, uh, who was your pick again? Uh, my long you know shot. You, yeah, your long shot. My long shot was oh you put me on the spot here sixty six to one I remember you the remember number. the price you don't remember the guy's name I can't so who are you rooting for <laughs> Tommy Fleetwood I want to uh, I want to see the flowing locks now, Fleetwood was my my middling pick at twenty five he's to one. Uh, he's even through one all right before we go any further forgot to do this to begin the show happy birthday oh thank you and it's uh, an exciting time why is that well I'm a year away from finally being able to use this come after me. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm 40. So did you expect that I was going to wish you a happy birthday today? Is that it? You had that all ready to go, that sounder? Well, one of our one of our friends uh, had texted right before the show. I'm like, well, if he does, yeah. I've, i got to get that ready. I'm, I'm less than a year away now. You are less than a year away. From being able to say, I'm a man. You're 40. I'm 40. Well, um, don't wish it away. I that won't. would be my advice to you. I won't. Because <laughs> uh, they keep going faster and faster. Last and year faster. the 30s. Last year Woo. the 30s. My God. Time out. Andrew Logue next. Uh, NFL draft 1045. Eleven uh, fifteen. We'll get uh, Wade Looking Bill in here for the final time. A to thank him for what he did for us, and B take a look back and a look ahead with both Iowa and Iowa State from his perspective, and, and then we'll talk uh, more golf. But right now, it's Mesh time daters. to go for the green. What's that? Mesh daters. Indeed, like, like that guy yelling, "Get in the hole!" That's right. It was him. You do, don't do that at the Masters. No, you can't. Trent, they'll Ooh. escort you out. Don't take any sand either. No. from one of the bunkers. You'll be in the hoose cow. We learned that yesterday. We did. Time to go for the green. Uh, Cakes and Owen EKG Golf. Text the keyword "water" to two hundred two hundred right now. It's your chance to win a thousand dollars cash. That's water to two hundred two hundred. Standard message and data rate supply. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty. <laughs> It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome.
Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Take you up until noon. NFL draft conversation coming up in about 15 minutes. We're going to focus in on the locals, right? Butler, Montgomery, Fant, Hawkinson. And a few others. Hooker. You know, dig uh, a little deeper. You yeah. See what else is out there. See if he's got any guys that he likes maybe late in the draft for mm-hmm. Iowa and Iowa State. And then what the Vikings are going to do. Packers with a lot of flexibility early on. Patrick Mahomes need another weapon. Uh, or do you fix boy, the defense? Not. No, you got to do defense, don't you? I think you got to do okay. defense. If you're a Chiefs fan, that's what you want fixed. Going 42, 45, 49. Yeah. Well, we'll talk NFL at 1045. Let's talk Andrew Logue right now. He joins us, formerly the Des Moines Register. Andrew, good to talk to you, as always. A lot of ground to cover with you. How are you, first of all? Good. Good. Uh, you know, you were talking, to, does Mahomes need a weapon? we got to kind of figure out what's going on with Tyreek Hill first. Yes, good point. Answer that question. Excellent, excellent point. How's that going to work out? What's the league going to do, do you think? Um, I think there will be – so right now is all we know is he has not been charged, mm-hmm. and it's a three-year-old child with a broken arm, which mm-hmm. is horrifying and sounding. But if it was blatant, I think you'd kind of uh, – I think there would have been charges. I think the police would have acted more quickly, you would think. Tyreek Hill released a weird like YouTube video thing last week saying the cheetah is back and showing him work out. That was kind of weird. Hmm. So I yeah, I don't think the league the league will punish or do something, but I think everyone's hands are tied and it I think the police in Kansas City are uh very aware that this will be a high profile instance so they've got to dot the i's and cross their teeth first off you want to make sure that the kid's okay um and and as weird as it say is maybe this was a neglect or oversight type of thing versus anything violent is what you absolutely are, are hoping for and you're also hoping that that family situation which is already before he was even with the chiefs was tumultuous um you know you hope that everybody's safe and gets straightened out but the league will have to do something. If he's charged, I, I think the league will have to act in, in a, how do you call it, a clear and uh, uh, put some impetus to it because they've already gotten uh, in the shadow of some other instances that were not very flattering as far as uh, domestic abuse. Uh, well put. Andrew Logue joins us. Andrew, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the world we are embarking on as far as how we're going to consume our media, I guess. I, I'm in the process... You know, I'm trying to wean myself off of the off of the newspaper and go completely digital. It's it's tougher than you think. It really is, yeah. um, and it's going to be the same. And we 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 saw the a step forward with the Big Twelve yesterday. I give them credit. I do. Uh, they got out in front of this. Um, ESPN Plus. That's where a lot of Big Twelve, not not the tier one or tier two. Those are mm. going to be on TV. But the first football game of the year, a bunch of basketball games, uh, non conference basketball games are going to be there. Do you like the move? Was the do you, do you feel like I do that the uh, the Big Twelve is maybe a step ahead in this case? Well, I think they're kind of. Uh, I don't know if they're step ahead. Is they're kind of riding a good wave, and I, I say that because we are going this way. I'm with you. Um, I'm digital on everything I read. I got my phone hooked up that every morning I can basically, in a sense, read several newspapers pick and choose. Uh, but I do it on digital. And what, what the Big 12 is doing and, and what maybe from a big picture sense it kind of gets overlooked, you know, no one considers the All-America Conference any sort of Power Five or anything. And yet earlier this year they signed a $1 billion deal for their media rights, which was very ESP, ESPN Plus 
heavy. Well, if Valley's getting a billion dollars, that's a good sign, you would think, for Iowa State slash the Big 12. This is a point of emphasis for ESPN because they see people like my son, who's a student up at Iowa State, he'll, he'll never own cable. He just, mm-hmm. every time I go and visit him, he hooks up and we watch a movie on his computer that streams through his television, you know. So I think they're riding a good wave, but the most encouraging thing is ESPN is clearly making this a priority when you're giving out a billion-dollar contract to a non-Power 5 conference. That's that's good. I think at this point that's got to be nothing but good for Iowa State. Andrew, I, I loved as you were explaining how you watched the movie <laughs> with your son and the face on Ken, the look on Ken's face was indescribable. He was baffled how that could possibly work. <laughs> it's a different age. and mm-hmm. yeah. Ken's going to have to learn mm-hmm. how you can watch games away from just flipping on your tele- television because that's the way that we're going. The problem is, you know, for years, I know sports fans, I heard them say, I just want a, a la carte. I, I don't want to have to have HGTV. I don't want to pay for CNN. I don't care about news. I just yeah. want sports. Well, we're getting into that, and yeah. we're learning that the cost of this, if you're going to have to pay for the Big Ten Network and the SEC Network and the ACC Network and NBA TV and MLB TV and on and on and on, you're going to be paying a whole lot more than when yeah. everything was packaged together. Yeah, what's the SPM? Am I right? It's like four ninety nine a Right month? now it is, yes. Yep, 44. Yep. Well, and that's the So right now we might be entering kind of this really cool gold maid. But do you guys remember, I want to say at one point my cable bill was like $18 way back <laughs> yeah. in the day. Yeah, it ain't that now. So, you know, and maybe that's the, the sort of literally the buyer beware for years down the future. Right now it's a really good deal because you can get everything. And, and there's going to be some little glitches, I think, maybe a little in production quality because obviously this is going to be have to, in a sense, be farmed out all over the country. Um, but I, I think we're heading there anyway. I think we might be in a golden age where we, we're just going to love it for a while. Yeah, we, we're going to have to pay. I don't imagine it'll be four ninety nine in five years, but right now it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Logue uh, joins us, Miller and Con in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Well, Andrew, let's move on and let's uh, talk about one of the passions that all three of us share, and that's Major League Baseball. And, you know, we've got over a week into it. Everybody's played at least 10 games, so roughly a 16th of the season is is behind us. We're starting to see some of these teams that, you know, we're starting to figure out maybe a, potentially a strength of a team, potentially a weakness of a team. Um, let's do the locals first of all, and let's go to the central division of the American League to begin with. Your Royals are two and nine. The Twins, conversely, yeah. six and four. I like this Twins team, and I like the fact that you know they're they're coming off. Look, it's not easy to to play interleague play in a National League ballpark with a, a manager that played his career in the American League in Baldelli, and he's learning the intricacies uh, of the National League rules, if you will. This Twins team against the Phillies, against the Mets, and those top two pitchers that they faced in the Mets. Uh, looks as though this Twins team, maybe the hype was real at least 10 games into the season. They might be at the legitimate threat at the top. Well, I think they made some really nice, subtle moves in the offseason, nothing that garnered a lot of headlines. That, that team could always hit. I mean, they, they. I remember two years ago when the Royals were actually chasing for a playoff spot, and I remember talking with Trent actually about how it just seemed like they always had somebody on second with one out, and they, they were just constantly uh, offensively really good. It's always pitching with the Twins. I think Trent would agree. That's always the question with them. Um, but you look at what's going on with the Indians now. What Lindor's hurt? Uh, the pitching's a little suspect. The bullpen's. Up. 
I think the Twins are sort of a dark horse to win that thing if, if Cleveland doesn't right the ship or kind of get healthy. So, like the Twins, I mean, they, they've got the offense. They're in a weird cycle, aren't they? They were good in 15, yeah. lost 100, good and made the playoffs in 17, dropped off last year. This should be a good year for them. Yeah, if you, if you subscribe to that theory, it's certainly good news for that team. Royals fans like yourself, what are you looking to? You know, they got a lot of speed. Billy Hitting Hamilton's streaks. out there. Hitting streak with Whit Merrifield. Yeah. But, you know, of the youngsters, is there anybody on the horizon that you're excited to see called up this year, a young guy getting some playing time? Who are the youngsters you're looking at? Well, they are in the minors. Uh, Sanger, you got the pitchers they drafted last year, I think, are a high A ball right now. Uh, you got the Lopez kid at Omaha. He's about it. Uh, they're about two years away. I would describe the Royals as this way. They're like 25% of a good Major League Baseball team. Got, you've got Keller. you got Junis. Maybe the Lopez guy who's going for it today. That's about two and a half solid pitchers, but not much else. The bullpen is just atrocious. atrocious. Yeah. The top of the order, though, you got Whit Merrifield. you got Mondesi. Alex Gordon, by the way, mm-hmm. finally having a good Really good two weeks. My gosh, Terrence Gore went three for four yesterday, including a clutch double when they were trying to rally. But the bottom of that lineup's really, really weak. And I, I guess you're paying the bill for the success you had in the middle of this decade, going to two World Series. They're about 25% of a good baseball team. they got to figure out the other three quarters. I don't think they're going to do it now, and I'm not sure how much they can make next year. But your biggest prospects, they're, they're all in about – Single and double A right now. A hmm. couple of real marquee teams, fellas, that have made uh, major, major uh, noise in the last couple of years postseason-wise. Well, the, the the Red Sox have, what, three World Series now in the, in this hmm. century? Of course, the Twins, or the Cubs, rather, finally got over the hump. And both of those franchises, three and eight, um, Red Sox fans got to just be well, apoplectic. Cubs fans are on the ledge as we, you know, Darvish is... Darvish has been a Cub for, I saw this uh, stat yesterday uh, after the game. Uh, Darvish has been a Cub for 14 months. He has never thrown a pitch in the seventh inning or beyond at this point mm. as a Cub. Not good. Um, Boston Red Sox, Chicago Cubs, concerning both of those fronts? Concerned? I'm going to say concerned. First off, Darvish, that didn't surprise me at all. I thought that was kind of a weird deal. He went great with Texas. But anyway, um, uh, okay, I think... How many road games has the Red Sox played? I mean, it's been like the Cubs. They were on the road to start. Yes, there you go. Yes, so they didn't have a. And didn't the Red Sox have a funky spring training where they spent part of it in Florida and part of it in Arizona? And they're the defending world champions. I think the the Red Sox will in some. They're they're not going to be bad. They are going to bounce back in some way. The other thing is, I think Tampa Bay's for real though. Yeah, I do too. The two surprises you got the Mariners who are clubbing the Royals right now. They're doing it with offense, and I think they've hit a home run in every game they've played this season, which is a record, like 14 games. On the other hand, the, the Rays just keep bringing out these pitchers. I've never heard of them, but nobody can hit them. <laughs> right. And I think you've got these two extremes where Seattle's a surprise in the West with just offense and bludging. By the way, they leave the league in steals, Seattle does. Hmm. And then you get over to the East, and it's Tampa Bay with just this endless supply of pitchers. They're creative. They use that whole opener concept. The two biggest surprises coming at it from totally different uh, angles, but the, the Rays and uh, Mariners are 
very interesting right now. No doubt about it. Houston's coming, though. They're starting to yeah. right their yeah. ship a little bit. Can't say the same about any team in the American League East. Andrew, out of time. Great to talk to you. Look forward to catching up with you in the weeks to come. It's baseball season. We'll have you on a lot as we do every single baseball year. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Andrew Logue, formerly of the Des Moines Register. Going to talk some NFL draft next. Localize it as best as we can with all the uh, locals that will, well, hopefully hear their names called at some point during the uh, three-day event. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 146.org. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Take you up until noon. A Tiger one under through two. Leaders two under Harding, Oosthuizen, uh, but Tiger right there in, uh, in red numbers, at least to begin. Let's uh, talk some NFL draft. Matt Menesarian, uh, Sports Info Solutions Football Rookie Handbook, and it's thick. Uh, Matt, uh, of course, Matt, former scout with the Saints and the Cleveland Browns, joins Trent Condon and Ken Miller. How are you, Matt? Thanks for coming on. How are you? Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being on, man. Um, that's a thick book. <laughs> how long does the, how long does it take to to uh, bring something like this to market? A ton of work goes into it, obviously. Really, it's been in the making for about three years. So Sports Info Solutions, we were originally Baseball Info Solutions. We've been doing analytics for professional baseball teams for 17 years now, and we got into football in 2015. But starting in 2016, that's where I came on board. My background was as a scout with the Saints and the Browns. I came on to try to merge kind of the football background with the analytics that they've been doing at Sports Info Solutions all those years. We got our first team client in 2016, and we've been providing a lot of the same kind of scouting and analytics information that you see in the Football Rookie Handbook since then, providing that to the teams for the very first time now with three years kind of in the books of college prospects, college data on all these teams from the FBS. We put together the top 250 players in the draft with in-depth scouting and analytics reports. Um, so, so, yeah, it's, it's three years' worth of information that goes into there. Scouting has always been a part of any kind of sport. Analytics obviously has become big in baseball, and it's evolving both basketball, football. You're seeing more and more of it. What's different in the analytics side from what scouting once was to what it is today and what you guys try to do with Sports Info Solutions? So it's really funny because in football, you know, it has a reputation as being kind of the, the lagger sport in terms of analytics, right? Mm-hmm. Baseball's post money ball, basketball's kind of in its money ball era, and football's kind of just getting started. But football is the sport where we would all agree the coaches have the most influence. You have the biggest coaching staff. You have all this kind of ridiculous strategy going on. It's like the, you know, chess game on the field. So tendency reports have been important since the beginning of time. I never went through a high school football practice where we didn't talk about our upcoming opponent and what we expected them to do in a certain situation. So that's all analytics is. It's a fancy word. It's a 21st century way of looking at these same age-old questions because at the end of the day, football is football. So at Sports Info Solutions, we track the events that we can record on the field as objectively as possible. We don't grade players. We don't try to get into, oh, we think this guy's good, we think this guy's bad. We look at every play. We look at every event happens. Where's the broken tackle? Where's the missed block? Where's the blown coverage? And we're charting all these different events, and we let the numbers tell us what the value of those are as we build our advanced metrics. And then one scout can look at one player and tell you a lot of really in-depth information but with analytics, you can look at all the players. You get all the plays, all the players, and all the games 
and you can compare all of that data and see how it how it is predictive and you can learn things that with human eyes we can't learn sometimes so it can bring really interesting so it's got to play off each other the scouting's got to lead into the analytics and vice versa hmm. well we know david montgomery from iowa state broke a whole lot of tackles um in 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 his career at uh, at iowa state at least after his junior year i'm guessing that that was uh, one of the things that uh, really jumped out when you took a look at the former cyclone running back yeah, we like David Montgomery. We knew he was going to get knocked for his long speed. That's not his game, clearly. But when you look at him, you look at a productive running back that, that has all of what you look for in terms of being able to defeat tackles, um, especially running through guys rather than running around guys, and what that can add to your running game. You know, being able to run the power game, being able to run the zone game, and then also what that does to set up your play action and enable you, your, your whole offense to work as, as a cohesive unit. David Montgomery, I think, not not a high draft pick, but I think he'll be a nice fit for somebody who gets him. Other Iowa State Cyclone uh, expected to be drafted semi-early is Akeem Butler, a guy that has all the physical tools, drops a little bit of a question with him. I know there are concerns about speed, though he answered that at the uh, Combine. What are your thoughts on Akeem Butler? Yeah, Akeem Butler, I, you know, he surprised me with how well he ran at the Combine, to be totally honest. Um, I think that you, you feel pretty good about his kind of the frame obviously there and his ability to kind of go up and get it but um the long speed was something that that i didn't see on the film so i was i was you know kind of pleasantly surprised as far as that goes um i think he's a fit for kind of that certain role in your offense and what's really going to come down to is 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 the drops you know is that going to continue to be a pattern or is that something where where it's a blip on the radar you know, you look at somebody like Amari Cooper, when he's not dropping passes, he's an elite right. wide receiver. I'm saying this player can be that. But, you know, anybody, you know, it doesn't matter how high your upside is. When you have the drops, that can be a real problem. Uh, we're going to have a couple of Hawkeyes taken very early uh, that shared the same position. Tight end might not see it again at Iowa. Certainly hope that we do at either one of the schools. But uh, it's a long shot that, you know, two tight ends uh, come out early and are both going to be, I think, somewhere in the top 15, certainly top 20 picks. Which, in your mind, maybe it's unfair, but um, what, which has, who has the higher upside, NFL upside? Hawkins or Fant? That's a really great question. I love the way you phrased that. Who has the higher upside is probably a bit more difficult question than I was prepared to answer. I think Hawkinson's the better player. I think he's a wide tight end. He fits anybody's role. He's the guy that I would like to take off the board first. I have a much better feel for how he could fit into almost any offense in the NFL, where I think Font is this mismatch guy. So I think he does have the higher upside in terms of his ability to be a receiver that, that kind of just creates matchup issues that, that drive the defense crazy. But if I had to choose, I'm choosing Hawkinson in terms of uh, his ability to impact the run game, to impact the pass game, um, to, to impact against zone coverage. One of the really interesting stats that you'll see in the football rookie handbook when you look at these two players is Font, of course, lines up outside more often. He lines up 30% of the time outside to just about 15% for Hawkinson. But you look at who performs better against man coverage versus zone coverage, and it really fits what we know about these players. Font is the player that can be more of the man-beating guy. He's very difficult to find an athlete that's his size that can match. Whereas Hawkinson's going to have that zone awareness and be able to be that. You can see a much higher success rate going to him against the zone, more of the quarterback's best friend. So I think Hawkinson is first, but in terms of upside, early, I would say fun. Matt, we're uh, losing you here a little bit. Is your uh, phone okay there? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, there yeah, you go. Loud and clear. Out. Yep, we got you back. We got you back. Matt Manassarian joining us, uh, NFL scout.
with the Saints and the Browns and now working at Sports Info Solution, the handbook. Absolutely incredible as we've gone through it. Speaking of Noah Fan, one question that I have with him and his usage at the collegiate level is a big conversation piece with us here. When you got two tight ends like this, I know they ran tons of two tight end sets compared to a lot of college football, but do you think those guys were utilized correctly together throughout this past season at Iowa? You know, whenever you see something like this, you know, it reminds me going back to when uh, Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams were there together. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime you see some of these players where you just start, it's eye-popping the level of talent. You know, you have two tight ends that are probably going to go in the first round here. Um, they're really incredible stuff. You've always got a question after the fact, you know, did we really use these guys enough? Just, you know, they were on the field plenty of time together, but it seems like it could have been a strategy where you go back and you said, maybe we really should have built it around these two and made, you know, made 12 personnel, our base personnel, and, and built things from there. So I think it's easy to go back and question just looking at the athleticism that you see here. But in, in a lot of ways, I, I don't know if, I don't know if Font is, is fully that finished product yet. Um, and, and I think that probably had something to do with that, that they felt like they needed to get more development in rather than do too much too soon with him. Uh, is there a quarterback? And let's, let's limit it to, um, I'm going to throw Drew Locke in there because he gets a lot of love as well. I'm not sure where he fits. Haskins, Murray Jones, uh, and Drew Locke from Missouri. Who, who of the four, Matt, do, do you have the best feeling for? Who's, who's more ready to play now, if any of them? Oh, that's interesting. So I, I think it depends where you're going to fit in. Yeah, good but I point. Want yep. Murray or, I want Murray or Haskins ahead of Locker Jones, and it's not even close for me. I think there are two first-round quarterbacks in this draft. I think Dwayne Haskins, you have a better feel for kind of how he'll fit in somewhere. I think he's kind of he's ready to go if you get him into a West Coast three-step drop, get it out of the, get him out of his hands quickly, distribute the ball in the short game, not asking him to run with the ball, that sort of thing. He'll be ready there. But I think Kyler Murray's probably going to land in that offense in Arizona where he's going to be very familiar with all the concepts there. So he should be ready to go with that, too. I just think, again, like we talked about with the the upside versus the sure thing value, I think Kyler Murray's upside is higher. I just think he he is more of a question mark in terms of whether or not he can develop into what they hope he's going to be. Matt, uh, go back to last year. Where did you have Josh Rosen amongst the quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round? We had Josh Rosen um, right at number three. Okay, um, He was behind Baker and, and Darnold for us, and he would probably still be right about there for me. I'm a big Josh Rosen fan. I was a big fan of him coming out. It's, it's, you get lost in how good all these quarterbacks that came out last year were. I think Rosen would be our top quarterback if he was coming out this year in terms of comparing the grades. We've got solid starter grades on Kyler Murray and on Dwayne Haskins, but I think that there's real Pro Bowl upside with Josh Rosen. There's Pro Bowl upside with Kyler Murray, too, don't get me wrong. But um, for me, if you can get Josh Rosen for a second-round pick rather than than have to spend a first-rounder, especially if you're going to spend it on a Drew Locke or a Daniel Jones, who I've seen a lot on film. Not a lot of film on those first two guys. There's plenty of film on Drew Locke and Daniel Jones, and it hasn't been good enough for me in terms of what I'm looking for for a difference-making NFL quarterback. If I had to take a shot on anybody else on day two, it would be Will Greer. Um, he's the guy that's kind of most interesting to me if you don't have to spend first round on him. He's got a really great arm, just inconsistency and, and, and the ability to put the team on his back. I would have liked to see that come through a little bit more of the time. Matt Manasero and joining us as we take a look around the NFL draft. Well, Matt, we ran short on time today. Hope we can grab you next week, maybe the next couple of weeks. And we got a lot of things to get into. Our, our local NFL teams, Vikings, Packers, Bears, Chiefs, 
few more on the Iowa and Iowa State guys. Yeah, so, we never got to Anthony Nelson, and yeah, I wanted to. If, if we could get you the next couple of weeks and, and have a little more time, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, let's do it again. I'd be happy to. In the meantime, everybody can check out the SIS Football Rookie Handbook. It's available on Amazon.com. There's a Kindle version. Check it out. Yeah, the Kindle version's great. You don't have to lug this thing around. It's it's <laughs> thick. It's really good, though. Tremendous information. Matt, uh, really good having you on. Appreciate you. made our show better. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Matt Manasser and uh, Sports Info Solution. Good get there, Trent Condon. Really good book. like that one. Yeah, absolutely. And we do have to get him back next week. Mm-hmm. It's draft season. It is. Uh, 11 o'clock hours next, Miller and Condon. The birthday boy on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.